Hello, this is the Imagine Thought Experiment podcast, episode one. My name's Andy, and uh, in these podcasts I will be asking you to um, think with me. Uh, If you like to meditate with me about some what-if questions, um, about the universe, about God, about who we are, who I am. Um, I don't have any training in any of this. I'm not very good at thinking. Sometimes I do do some thinking. And I hope that by thinking out loud with you, we'll be able to help each other think a bit more clearly. I first hope that by thinking out loud, I will be able to think more clearly. And I hope if you communicate with me about the things I'm thinking about, you'll help me more. Um, This podcast, episode one, uh, is called What If Death Exists? Or an alternative title is What If There Is No Soul? So what I'm hoping to do in these podcasts is really take on board a position. A lot of the positions I'll be looking at are things that I half believe, often believe two contradictory things. Um, But in each podcast I hope to try and take on a position and feel it, meditate on it, make it my own, our own, for a few minutes, Um, give it room to breathe and try and think out the consequences. And today I want to think about what if death exists. Uh, What I mean by that is what if um, when your physical body dies there is no more of you. I think the first thing to say about that is uh, that it's obviously a reasonable position. In fact, um, we should probably consider it our default position if we have no information. Why would anything else be the case? Where do we get this idea from? That something happens when you die or something is happening all the way through your life that means that he's more than the atoms of your body moving around in certain patterns. So whilst I readily admit it's a very reasonable position to take, um, I'd also add in to our our thinking that I certainly think it's not a position that is kind of lived out day to day by most people. I think most people don't act as if death is the end. I want to think through over the next few minutes um, what it would be like if death really were the end and whether we can maybe justify the way we behave 
within that worldview. Um, I guess maybe we should also think about why um, people don't live as if death is the end if we agree that that's the situation. There are obviously very good and rational reasons for that. Like it's just hard to imagine when, when someone we know dies, it's hard to imagine that they're gone. But yeah, what do I mean by what if death exists? I mean that when, what if when your heart stops beating and the electrical signals in your brain stop moving around in the characteristic patterns what if whatever that this thing was that was you is not there anymore so we can start maybe to understand what what being alive is just in terms of or maybe we can think in terms of uh an idea I learned a tiny bit about um, when I was studying called homeostasis uh, which basically as I understand it means um, when we're talking about living things it means that there is an edge there's a border to uh, an entity which is preserved even though stuff is changing so an example would be a human being has a, has a shape which is defined by the edge of their skin, just about. Maybe you'd include some of the kind of warm air around you. Um, and things move into and move out of that. You know, we eat things, we excrete things. But that border is somehow maintained, even though many or even all of the uh, molecules in that system get replaced, the border itself is maintained. We, we could maybe call that homeostasis, which just means kind of staying the same, or staying the same in the face of change, maybe. Um, and when we die, we stop maintaining our border, we start becoming part of the rest of the environment. Um, so we can we can identify something which we can call living. Maybe we'll, um, we can identify the idea that we exist, maybe based on the idea that if someone else was looking, they could see that we were there. And then we can say, when we die, we stop existing in the sense that Either that this homeostasis stops happening, or that if someone was looking, they wouldn't see anything going on. They wouldn't see see us there in that body. That's certainly uh, what most people believe about bodies after someone's died, that the person isn't there. Um, so what do I mean when I say this isn't lived out by people? I think what I mean is, if I look around at how, what people do and say and what I do and say, um, I don't think people are living as if it doesn't matter what's there, 
after they die, which maybe isn't the same thing. And I do plan to do a podcast called What If Nothing Matters, where we'll maybe explore this a bit more. But I think if you fully accept the idea that you stop when you die, I think perhaps we would behave differently. I'm finding it hard to think of ways of saying it. Maybe you already accept what I'm saying, or maybe you think it's rubbish. But certainly the way I feel about my life ending is that it will still matter what I did. After I die, and it will matter how how the people I love are feeling, even though I won't be there to experience that. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to justify uh, in very clear ways my belief that most people don't live as if there's nothing after death. Maybe I should even drop the idea. I think maybe there's something to it. Maybe we'll come back to it. I certainly think most people don't live as if nothing matters. But I want to save that for another podcast. I'm going to read now um, some poetry uh, from the Bible. There will be bits of the Bible in this. There may be bits of other writing. There will certainly be bits of the Bible because a lot of the uh, a lot of the pieces of writing that I like about these kind of ideas are in the Bible. I'm going to read you a little bit of Ecclesiastes one. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. Let's take a moment to meditate on that idea, that we are like those streams. We just flow into the sea. We're just made out of the stuff we're made out of. What's interesting reading that is that it just read on its own. It doesn't sound angry or bitter. But then immediately after that, The writer of Ecclesiastes says all things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. One of the things about Ecclesiastes that comes through, that seems to come through to me, is that even though the writer claims he's cross about how the universe is meaningless, seems more likely that he's probably crossed that he doesn't think much of his children and they're not going to carry on his legacy very well. And that brings me to one idea about living on after death, which is that uh, we live on in other people's memories. 
And it's certainly true, I mean, it's not really, it's not the same thing as living. But it's certainly true that people remember people after they die. And to those people, it, it sometimes feels like the person is still living because they remember them. So there is something there. But I want to think a bit more about that. I want to say that it's not really living. Being remembered is not living. And I want to say that I won't get remembered for very long. So there are people alive now who know me. And if I die today, they'll remember me. Some of those people might remember me until the end of their life. Some of those people might be young. Someone might remember me for a hundred years, if I was incredibly lucky. But after that person dies, those people die. Eventually there'll be no one alive who met me. There'll be no one who remembers me. There might be people who've heard about me, and this is what we often go to. Our memories will live on in the stories that other people tell. And I think there's two, two ways I want to address that. Firstly, that's not the same as being remembered. Even the best, most detailed description is not the same as being remembered and I want to ask you whether Julius Caesar is still alive because I know his name is that the same living that we put our hope in because our children or our friends will remember us it's a very weak thread of life that Julius Caesar has even though He's pretty famous, a lot of people know that name. People even know stories about him. He's got to be one of the most famous people who's ever lived. We, a lot of us know his name, some of us know stories. But would he be happy, would that be living? Assuming that, you, that happiness requires still being alive. The other thing I want to say about living on in people's memories is that it's really that kind of living that Julius Caesar has is very rare. We live at a time when more people are alive than have ever been alive before. The chances of my name being known in two generations or three generations are very low. The chances of my name living as long as Julius Caesar's are vanishingly small. Even smaller than they were for Julius Caesar when he was alive, because there were a lot fewer people alive at that time. So we get back to the idea that not only will 
in this world where death exists, not only will our bodies stop working, but also the memory of us will be gone. And even for the people whose name is remembered, the real, the true memory of them is gone. So this idea of living on in others' memories doesn't doesn't for me have any real meaning in terms of it doesn't provide a life so in this world where death exists death truly exists if living on in memories was the way you were hoping to get out of it In Ecclesiastes 6, the writer says, A man may have a hundred children and live many years. No matter how long he lives, yet no matter how long he lives, if he cannot enjoy his prosperity and does not receive proper burial, I say that a stillborn child is better off than he. It comes without meaning. It departs in darkness and in darkness its name is shrouded. Though it never saw the sun or knew anything, it has more rest than does that man. Even if he lives a thousand years twice over, but fails to enjoy his prosperity, do not all go to the same place. So ideas in there about proper burial, about enjoying prosperity. The idea that struck me reading that this evening was the idea that a stillborn child has a meaningless life and that we too have the same level of meaningless life. I don't want to say that a stillborn child has a meaningless life. But I... I do want to say that if death exists, then the death of someone who's lived a long time is as real as the death of someone who's lived a short time. So another thing that people say about this world where death exists is that there's hope because we live on through the effects of our actions. Whilst our name won't be remembered, whilst our personality or what it felt like to hug us won't live on, some of the things we do will have long-lasting effects. The way that we treat other people will affect the way they treat other people. Maybe even the funny things we say will affect the funny things other people say. And that's blatantly true. And it's true that uh, those effects will never fully disappear. If you drop a pool, drop a stone into a pool, and the ripples spread out through the pool, the energy put into that water will continue to affect the movement 
of the water molecules in that pool for the rest of history. And maybe that, maybe that is of interest to us if we're looking at ways we might live on, even though death exists. I think it's a weak type of living. I want you to imagine with me an idea I had this evening about this. If it's snowing outside, I pick up some snow and make a snowflake. A snowball, sorry. I pick up some snow and I make a snowball. I pack it together into a nice round ball. The snowball exists. And if I throw it, and it lands on a patch of grass with no snow, and it sits there, it exists. And then after a while, when the snow melts, it sits there a bit longer and gets smaller. And then eventually, it melts as well. And maybe there's a little pool of water left underneath. And then after a while, the pool of water drains away or evaporates. And the molecules of water are in a different place from where they would be if I hadn't made that snowball. But the snowball doesn't exist anymore. And that, I think, is what it's like if death really exists. If we don't have anything like what we call a soul when we talk about it, then after the snowball melts and the water drains away, even though the existence of the snowball affected the world, the snowball doesn't exist. So I want to talk about how we could deal with this situation. If we, if when we die we stop existing, we stop existing in this strong sense that I'm trying to explore. Um, some of us might, might want to find some hope despite that. Where can we find it? One, one possible idea put forward by Richard Dawkins once in, uh, in one of his books before he got too angry with uh, the people attacking him horribly was a kind of joy and amazement at the beauty and the complexity of the system that we're a part of whilst the individuals in our population stop existing and die. They're part of a story of evolution which is amazing, mind-blowingly beautiful. 
maybe there's some hope in being part of something so beautiful. And I think that beauty isn't limited to evolution, I think. The beauty of the the universe and the system of the way the way the laws of the universe work and what things are. is real in some sense I don't know what I mean by that but if you accept that those things are beautiful and that you're part of them maybe that gives you joy and hope about existing and then not existing I think there's something else I think that, that being part of that beautiful system is um, it hangs on a few quite thin threads but there's something else that's totally undeniable which is the relative permanence of the bits that we're made from so even though I will stop existing when I die in this world where death exists I'm made out of molecules and atoms and smaller things and many of the molecules will continue existing for thousands, tens of thousands of years unchanged and certainly many of the atoms that make up those molecules will continue to exist largely unchanged for tens of millions of years. And something that I want to do next time I'm on a beach, or next time I'm even just near a flower bed, is pick up some sand or some dirt and feel it between my fingers and understand that it's made from the same things as me. If you look at coal or diamonds or leaves or a tree trunk, they're made of things made largely of carbon like we are. But even sand and water are made out of a lot of stuff that we're made from. Obviously we're mostly made out of water. But even things that are quite alien to us are made from quarks and electrons and gluons and gravitons. With the odd Higgs boson. And those things are going to last a long time. Longer than we can imagine. Maybe even forever. We don't really know that, do we? But there's a real, maybe, there's a real reassurance in that. My atoms aren't going anywhere, even when I stop existing. No matter what human politicians do, 
no matter what destruction we reap on the earth. My atoms will be largely unchanged. They'll continue traveling forwards, through time, maybe forever. Maybe that's good enough. Maybe that's enough reason to act as if it matters what, what we do. Or just to sit with the impermanence of our existence. Certainly, as we'll look at perhaps in the next podcast, there are scary things about the idea of continuing to exist. But I don't want to go too far into that. There's one more thing I do want to say. If you're listening to this and it's chiming with despair or hopelessness that you're feeling Um, I want to say to you that despair and hopelessness are at least as irrational as hope and joy I don't want you to leave this podcast thinking yes I do believe that we stop existing when we die and there is no hope because of that I think lacking hope is as irrational as feeling hope. So don't do anything irrational. Maybe listen to the next podcast and explore what it feels like if there is a soul and if death doesn't exist. We'll try and imagine that think through the consequences of it. There's a few other podcasts I'm thinking about doing as well. As I said, what if death doesn't exist? What if God doesn't exist? What if God does exist? What if nothing matters? Well, we'll get back into some of the ideas we've been talking about. And what if something matters? And if so, what is it? What does it look like? What if there is justice? What if there isn't justice? What if everything is determined like clockwork? What would it mean? What if everything isn't determined? What would that mean? I might also look at what if Jesus was just an ordinary person and what if he wasn't an ordinary person? As you might be able to tell, there's a bit of a Christian leaning in what I'm saying. I am a Christian, I'm also very confused. I hope you'll join me as I try and think through some things. I'll see you on the next one.